0: Welcome to the Heroes of Cancer podcast where we talk about topics ranging from healthcare, finance, all the way up to lifestyle relevant to the cancer community today. My name is Arshia Yadav and today we're here to talk about a very important topic, nutrition. After a big meal with more holiday parties around the corner, food is on everyone's mind. We know that a balanced diet and exercise are essential to a long, healthy life. But what exactly is a healthy diet? What role does food and diet play in cancer prevention today we are so excited to have maria Marlowe with us new york's most interesting integrative nutritionist and the author of the best-selling book the real food guide maria so good to have you
1: thank you for having me well you know
0: i love thank your me. instagram bio it says healthy food doesn't have to suck your healthy and delicious recipes look so inspiring and so easy to make you make it look like it's something that i could do and i hate cooking <laughs> And I'm sure they feel good too. When you eat them, they, they taste as good as anything else. Can you tell us a bit about how your passion for food and nutrition started?
1: So I didn't grow up interested in healthy eating. I ate, I grew up in New York and ate a very standard American diet with a lot of processed food and takeout and we really hardly ever cooked at home. And so I was fine for a long time until I started getting into my teen years and I started developing a lot of health problems. I was overweight, I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now. I was sick all of the time. Anytime any cold or flu or virus was going through school, I got it. And, but what really tormented me the most was the fact that I got acne right around, uh, right after my 16th birthday. And, You know, I looked around, my brother and my sister, they didn't have acne. They had their own health problems, but I was like the only one who had acne. So I couldn't understand why I had it. And for a long time, I just felt like I was cursed. Like, I don't know, I had bad luck or I had bad genes because I went to all these doctors and dermatologists and they prescribed me things, but they didn't work. I tried Mm -hmm. proactive. I tried the -the over-the-counter stuff. And eventually it got to a point where they prescribed me... Uh, Accutane, which is a drug, a pill that you take for, for acne. But it, I read the fine print and one of the side effects was severe depression that could lead to suicide. So I thought to myself, here I am like morbidly depressed, 16 year old girl or 17 year old girl, yeah. you know, all upset about my skin. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm probably not going to take a drug that comes with that, yeah. that side effect. So I really just thought I was cursed for a long time. Fast forward, I got to college and i you know, was eating lunch with, you know, a new colleague or a classmate of mine, and I was probably eating like pizza and a box of cookies, and I was probably complaining about my skin, and she, she mentioned, she's like, you know, it, it may actually be what you're eating. And I thought this was so revolutionary because I had been to half a dozen dermatologists and doctors and not one of them ever asked me what I was eating. But I was so desperate at the time that I was just like, okay, fine, I'll try anything. And so I bought some books on the subject and started researching it more. I drastically changed my diet and lo and behold, my skin finally cleared up. Which is something that for years no doctor or dermatologist or cream could do. Yeah. And so I because I saw it so visually how food affected us, I was just so interested in nutrition. I just want to learn more and more and more. And you know, that's basically what got me interested in healthy eating. And you know, in the beginning I thought all I could eat was like salads and like these boring foods, yeah. but I was like, no, if I'm gonna keep this as a lifestyle and if I want other people to eat this way, I need to make it more fun and exciting and actually taste good exactly and that's
0: very valuable for any generation it doesn't matter who it is from which social strata they come from it's important to be aware Mm -hmm. of how important what you put in your system really is i mean you see examples of this everywhere people eating processed foods Mm -hmm. eating high sugar diets high salt diets Mm -hmm. without caring about what will actually happen as a consequence of these diets that they indulge in and that's led to the increase of chronic diseases across the board, not just in one country, but across the world. I mean, even though we have access to information now, thanks Mm -hmm. to technology, people are still not being able to step up to the plate and are not being able to decide. I mean, why are we all so lost when trying to decide what to eat to have a healthy life? What's the best way to take charge of your life when there's so much of an information overload mm-hmm. and there's so many different concepts being thrown at you all the time? Like, how do you decide? It's quite scary.
1: Well, yeah, and it's just very confusing because you do hear so many conflicting reports and news articles and it just seems like there's always something new and yes. something changing. Yeah. So I think the first thing to keep in mind is that we're all unique individuals Mm -hmm. and the perfect diet or lifestyle for each of us is going to be slightly different. There are, of course, overarching principles that do apply to the majority of the population, but then when you get down to the nitty gritty, you know, we each have our own biochemistry, so the exact diet and the exact foods are gonna be slightly different. So always listen to your body. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, I like to say that our body, you know, our first of all, our body is very smart, right? Yes. It, and it is designed to keep us in good health. It wants us to be in health. So it has all these checks and balances built into it. And so... I'm a big proponent of listening to your body, and I always say that our body will send out an SOS Mm. when something's not right. So for example, if you're eating something that maybe is not great for you, that maybe you're allergic to or you can't digest, then you're gonna get digestive issues. You know, you're gonna get bloated, you're not gonna feel good. Or maybe you're not eating enough of a certain food and you got acne, And you know, so there's all these things. Like basically, whenever our body gets thrown off, it's I think it's really our body's way of saying, hey, you know, you're doing something, either your diet or your lifestyle, that it's not not, yeah. not right, right? Yeah. It's not healthy for us. So then it's up for us to then decipher what that SOS actually means. And mm. unfortunately, it's not going to say, hey, go eat some kale or go... Yeah. To, it's not going to say that. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty straightforward. Too, yeah. yeah. So you really have to then dig and decipher. No,
0: and I agree with you 100%. I think our body is in tune with what works and what doesn't. And in ancient Ayurveda practice, there are ways of listening to it and actually being completely really attuned to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is very important, like for long term, have that mentality that yes, my body is my temple mm-hmm. and I should treat it like that
1: yes. and not just
0: a bottomless
1: pit. <laughs> yes. And I think the, the other good point that you reminded me of is that, again, when I was growing up, I was always in at war with my body, yeah. you know, like I was mad at it. Why did I have acne? Why was I fat? Why was I this? And I hated my body, but it was really, my body was trying to help me. My body's trying to say, Hey Maria, like wake up, like yeah. stop feeding me junk food. Like feed me something that I need. Yeah. And so yeah, just realizing that your body is your temple, that we do have to take care of it. We're the only ones that can take care of it, but that your body's on your side. Mm-hmm. So if you will listen to it, it will kind of guide you and then do what you want it to do. It will feel better and look, it's best when you kind of listen to your body and give it the fuel that it needs. Exactly, and I agree 100%. But what about like context?
0: I mean, we're all from very different countries with mm-hmm. a very different set of sociocultural rules that our parents have told us from a very young age in terms of what the definition of healthy is? Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you break past that? Because a lot of countries then don't give that much attention to what their body is and Mm -hmm. how it functions and what it needs. Mm -hmm. How do you get past these social norms, these viral trends that happen also in this day and age?
1: Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, it's always a good idea to, whenever you hear some piece of news or some trend like that, is to kind of look what's behind it. Mm -hmm. Like what, where's the research? What are the studies? Who's funding them? Because a lot of times things will be skewed in one direction based on on (laughs) who's funding it. Right. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, we want to look at that. Um, I do think there are some general principles that do apply overall. So for example, eating more whole foods and avoiding the packaged foods, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know these packaged foods are loaded with salt and sugar and unhealthy oils, which are associated with all of these chronic disease and illness and weight and things and so I think that's just kind of a general rule to stick to is avoiding processed foods sticking to your whole foods and knowing where your food comes from Mm -hmm. plant-based I think you don't have to be vegetarian or vegan necessarily to be healthy but we have so much data and so much research now that shows that a diet that is heavily based or uh, the majority of what you're eating or at least half of what you're eating is plant-based like mm-hmm. vegetables and fruit and legumes and all of these things that tends to lead to the better health outcomes and that does actually show that that way of eating will reduce your risk of many types of uh, chronic illness and disease and cancer so that's really
0: interesting
1: so are there any foods that one should focus on or avoid when they're sick yeah, if you're sick, I would avoid sugar, any sort of really sugary or fine sugar foods. And I would focus more on real and whole foods. So a lot of dark leafy greens and vegetables. This gives our body the nutrients that we need to help, help us recover faster. Because a lot of side effects
0: of, say, chemotherapy for cancer patients is vomiting and nausea. And people tend to taste almost this metallic flavor Mm -hmm. when they eat food. But food is such an essential component of recovery. Mm -hmm. What are some sort of light drinks or meals people could have when
1: they're suffering Mm -hmm. through this? Well, you know, everyone, everyone's different, but I would say in general, no matter what, if someone has nausea or just sort of like stomach issues, they can definitely try um, peppermint tea or ginger tea. And all you need to do is take like the fresh peppermint leaves and put it in a cup and pour some hot water over it, let it steep. Same thing with the ginger, that tends to help with nausea. Mm-hmm.
0: And on that point, um, I wanted to know, what are your tips in terms of how everyone here can reduce their risk of getting cancer? or other chronic diseases
1: mm-hmm so I mean I think there's just so many factors that play diet and lifestyle but I think that there's a lot that we can do that there's a lot that we can take charge of and we don't have to just feel like we're cursed if you know it like we're gonna only bad luck Mm -hmm. and so in terms of diet the research shows that uh, dark leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables so things like broccoli and kale and cauliflower these foods high intake of these foods is associated with a lower risk of certain types of cancers Um, similarly with legumes so like beans and lentils as well as the allium uh, family of vegetables, so like onions and garlic, those sorts of things. So those tend to be the foods that have been studied the most that show that they do help reduce certain types of cancer. So I think eating plenty of fresh vegetables, particularly in those families, that's like a really good habit to get into. And also just lifestyle. So stress, for example, is a big, for all sorts of less serious uh, issues to the more serious issues. So managing your stress well. Relationships. If you don't have any People that you feel you can talk to, or you know, friends or family that you can trust and rely on, you know, that really does affect you. And it, you know, sometimes we wish it's just like, oh, if we could eat the perfect foods or take a pill or whatever, we would be perfect. But the truth is, you could eat the healthiest diet in the world, but if you're unhappy and stressed out, you're not going to be healthy. True. So things like that, pollution, what pollutants are you exposed to, smoking cigarettes, all of these things contribute to your cancer risk. So any of our diet and lifestyle. Uh, factors that we have control over i think it's a good idea to do the best that we can in those areas and avoid the things that we know are associated with cancer and then in the areas where we we don't have control so for example pollution you can't really help i mean unless you want to move to another city uh, (laughs) you can't really control that so it's like control what you can Mm -hmm. and then that way that kind of makes up for the places that you can't
0: true and i mean a lot of people have become aware to this and they do go for, I mean, they go to health farms, they go to seminars, workshops, and they go on YouTube and have a look at these sort of ways of living life in in an optimal way, taking in all these different factors. But the problem with most people is that they don't know how to sustain it. Mm -hmm. They'll go to all these health farms and seminars, but they'll go there, they'll be like, right, I've got everything sorted, like I can do this. They'll do it for a week, they'll do it for two weeks how do you, I mean, how do you help someone make it sustainable? How do you make your clients like sustain sustain or adhere to the things that you've taught
1: them? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think taking baby steps. So doing something extreme, like going to a retreat center, I think those are great because those are great kickstarts. because basically if everyone's doing everything for you, preparing your meals, giving you massages, Mm -hmm. giving you classes and meditation and yoga, it's very easy to do. Because of that, you probably see like decent results in a relatively short period of time, but then yes, when you get home it's going to be a lot harder to maintain all that. So I think you want to choose what are the most important or most effective factors that you can change and just start doing them one at a time. So maybe it's your food. Mm -hmm. So maybe you focus on that first and maybe you even focus on one meal a day, like maybe your breakfast. So you're making sure you're having a really, really healthy breakfast. Okay. Once you get into the habit of that, now let's try lunches. Where should you eat out or what should you prepare beforehand? What can you do? And just focus on that for a couple weeks at a time until that becomes a habit and then dinner. And so things like that. And then, okay, fine. You got your, food under control. Now let's make sure that I'm exercising regularly or I'm Mm -hmm. going to yoga or I'm doing meditation. So really doing baby steps. And i found that that has been the best way because it's too overwhelming. Like if you're eating a diet that has no vegetables and fruit in it, and you're never working out, and you're very stressed. You, you, you Basically, you're the complete opposite of, of where you're trying to go. If you change everything overnight, you're eventually, you're only going to follow it for a period of time before you throw in the towel and just you know get overwhelmed with it. So I'm a big proponent of baby steps. Focus on one key area at a time. Sustain it for a week or two before you even think about adding the next thing. Okay.
0: And in terms of mindset, in terms of your case, how do you keep your mindset in this in this area where you sustain this lifestyle for yourself?
1: Well, I, I think it's really important to understand your why. So for me, I changed my diet, not just because I thought it was cool or trendy, but because I felt like I had to because my body was deteriorating. Yeah. I was yeah. sick. I had acne. I was overweight. Like, I had all these health problems, and I didn't want them. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to look good, you know? And so... That like my why is like I understand that if I take care of my body and I fuel it the right way, meaning what I put in my mouth, what I put in my mind, how I move my body, all these things, it will reward me with feeling good, with having energy, and that will allow me to have my best life. So really understanding my why behind it, or having people understand their why, I think that's a great reason um, or great way to to sustain the lifestyle because it it can seem very overwhelming at first, but once you get used to it, like it's so easy to me, like, you know, I can travel, I can do whatever I can go anywhere, be anywhere. And I feel completely calm and at ease with keeping up my healthy lifestyle because it's just, it's my habit now. It's, it is my lifestyle. So I think I think that's really the key to it. It's to understand your why. Know why you're doing it. And coming from a place, come it has to come from a place of like nourishing yourself and taking care of your body, rather than thinking about it as deprivation. Because if you think like you're depriving yourself, or it's not fun, or like you think of it in any sort of negative like a chore, like yeah, chore, idea. then it's it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You're not going to keep it up. So it's really like shifting that mindset to think about it in that positive light.
0: And that helps a lot because a lot of people make excuses. They're like, oh, our lives are so busy. We've got so much on our plate. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do this? Like, I don't know if this lifestyle can be like squeezed into our crazy hectic corporate lives
1: yes so, so and I think you know our actions are really a reflection of what our priorities are yeah. so a lot of times we, you know people will say like oh I want to be healthy I want to eat healthy but I don't have the time or I don't have the money or I don't have this or I don't have that but that's an excuse yes. right yeah. because we find the way when you want something really badly you find the way to get it or to exactly. do it and yeah. so it's just that you're prioritizing something else like maybe you're prioritizing Whatever else is taking up all of your time that you don't have any time or... Um, we can make time. So, like, even if you have a busy schedule during the week, then maybe on the weekends, if your health's your priority, maybe take that time to go grocery shopping or batch cook or mm-hmm. plan out things for the reason or plan out where you can get your food from the week. Like, you can figure out a way to fit it in. It's just a matter of, like, if you really want to or not.
0: Like, strategizing, right? Exactly. I mean, if you think about the resources you have, the time you have, mm-hmm. and the strategy you could apply to it. Right. Because you know what the long term gain is. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And you shouldn't, I mean, our generation has a massive quick fix mentality Mm -hmm. like anything goes wrong you'll find something on the internet google will dr google will come out to help you right i mean how do you get over that quick fix mentality it's quite contagious
1: yeah you know we definitely grew up in a society where we want everything super fast but i think just keeping your eye on the prize that like rome wasn't built in a day and you didn't get to whatever your health concern is like over overnight. Like my acne was developing over period time in the beginning. It wasn't that bad. And then it just kind of built and built and grew until it was like terrible. Um, and so, or weight, you know, you don't gain 20 pounds overnight. And so it's keeping that mentality with like, okay, it didn't come overnight. It's not going to go overnight and just Again, coming from that why and understanding that it's it's bigger than that. Like when you feel better, when you look better, your life is just better. And so you want to do the actions that are going to lead you in that direction. So yeah, it's going to take time. Like you can't expect to shower once and then smell good forever. You know, you have to you have to keep it up daily. It's a daily practice. True, and I think
0: that's something that people need more awareness about and the components of that mentality as well in terms of what you want to add to your life in terms of your nutrition Mm -hmm. um, how much exposure you get to pollution Mm -hmm. and the way you sort of structure your life as well that's a huge part because that's where you put the beneficial right factors in right right and
1: yeah that's the thing you just need to spend a little time thinking about things like okay like how can i okay this is what my schedule is how can i fit in a gym session, or how can I fit in grocery shopping, or how can I, all you need is like a little bit of time to figure that out, and once you have it figured out, then it's done, and then yes. you just act on it, so.
0: Exactly, and I, know I think this is really valuable, um, more people need to be mindful, that's the word that's used a lot, mm-hmm. but people don't really understand the value of the word mindfulness, mm-hmm. because I think once you sit back and go, right, like, what am I doing in my life in terms of my health, mm-hmm. and in terms of my mental health, and my physical health, mm-hmm. um, up until that point life would be a blur Mm -hmm. and a rat race but once you get to that point I mean through your life itself we can see how much how many benefits it can reap through that mindful thinking of right what's the process that I'm working with in my life right um and how valuable that is but yeah I mean I want to hear what your sort of last words of advice are Mm -hmm. before we close
1: (laughs) sure yeah so I mean I think for healthy living in general one of the best and in my mind, easiest things that we can do is simply, at as many meals as possible, try and make our plate 50% veggies or fruit. And I think by, you know, thinking of your plate as like a pie chart, it's very easy to visualize that 50%. And just simply adding in enough fresh produce into our diet is enough to help us lose weight. It's enough to decrease our risk for a certain illness and disease and cancer. Uh, it fills us up. You know, it has all these vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients that just help us look and feel our best. It's like the fountain of youth. Um, it gives us energy. So there's just so many benefits to it. So, and I think they are readily available. No matter where you go, you might have to order a couple side dishes or an appetizer or whatever it is, but you can usually make a, so that whatever half of your what you're eating yeah. is produce. And uh, it's really one of the best things that we can do. Even if you don't change anything else about your diet, if you yeah. make that one change, you will start to see changes in your body.
0: And that's where it all begins, right? That right. one first change, that one step towards
1: exactly. progress.
0: Exactly. Right? And I think that's, that's very important for people to understand and to actually start working towards because... Everyone ages differently. Everyone lives their life differently. But these small changes mm-hmm. have such a massive impact on how people function.
1: Right. And they add up over time, too. Yes.
0: And I mean, if we prevent things from happening by being aware right now, mm-hmm. it will save us so much time, effort, and money. Um, Down the line. Exactly.
1: There's a great quote. Um, I forget who says it, but it's that we can... Pay the doctor, wait, no, we can pay the farmer now or the doctor later. Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) No, that makes so much sense because
0: I think we'll just think the quick fix is to go to the doctor.
1: Right. But the farmer
0: is actually giving you little vital pieces of life to make you live a stronger, happier, better life. No, and I think in this day and age with information overload, it is important to be aware and proactive with your health because without your health nothing else will work. If you don't live a happy, healthy life, you can't contribute to any society or any economy or even to your family. And I think what you're doing with the real food grocery guide and with your sessions, be it for acne, for losing weight, for anything else, even the one-on-one coaching sessions that you have, mm-hmm. it's so valuable because you're helping people really see the the beauty. Mm -hmm. in this lifestyle, in this mindset, Mm -hmm. and the long-term benefits of just taking that one step back and then obviously taking 100 steps forward through that one step back. Right. And I'm really grateful that you are here today to spend some time with us, to share your insights into your background and the power of nutrition and how that can really strengthen us against any sort of chronic illness that could potentially come our way.
1: Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of another Heroes of Cancer podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode where we bring you more insights into the lives of our community's heroes. If you would like to be featured in our podcast or simply want to learn more about us, reach out via email mentioned in our bio or through Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We would love to hear from you and wish you a beautiful day ahead filled with happiness.